0: Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the Man Cave Football Podcast with Dan Casper. It is the Man Cave Football Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Casper. As always, week one of the NFL in the books. Kind of, a, I guess, a little lackluster of uh, week one. I mean, Texans-Saints obviously was uh, the most exciting game over the weekend, I think, by far. You had Kyler Murray for the comeback uh, tie. Against the Lions forcing overtime and nobody could score in overtime, although Cardinals dropped that interception right there in the second-to-last play. That uh, could have set up a game-winning field goal there. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, otherwise you look at a lot of the other games, you, you know, the Ravens just dominating the Dolphins, the Patriots doing their thing against uh, the Steelers, Packers-Bears uh, opening it up on Thursday nights. Uh, if you like offense, you probably didn't like that game. It was a good game overall. If you like defense, defense. But if you're more of an offensive-minded person, uh, you, you probably didn't enjoy it. Uh, you had the Titans dominating the Browns, so uh, and then the Cowboys looking pretty sharp against the Giants too, especially on offense. Uh, Dak Prescott uh, looking like uh, he might uh, uh, deserve a bigger contract. You know, obviously he's going to get a new a, a new deal, a bigger deal. But what a way to start off his season by having a perfect quarterback rating. And throwing for a few touchdown passes. So, uh, in this episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast, going to take a look at uh, a few teams after Week One, uh, then also look ahead to my games to watch this coming weekend for Week Two. I think there's maybe a little bit better slate of games coming up here. But uh, let's uh, let's dive in it. Dive in it right away. And I think obviously the big story in the NFL right now is the the Patriots and Antonio Brown. Uh, you know. Raiders deciding to to move on from Antonio Brown, cutting ties with him, releasing him. Few hours later, he signs with the New England Patriots. It it may seem kind of weird that you know a few hours later you're already signing with the Patriots. I mean, it's a new rule in the NFL with uh, with these veterans. They don't really have to uh, have to you know wait the 24 hours or anything like that. They're, they immediately can sign with a new team, but it does seem kind of interesting just after a few hours of being released well, he's jumping he's going over to uh, to the New England Patriots Bill Belichick and Todd Brady and all that so uh, a lot of speculation did did Antonio Brown do this on purpose force himself out so he could sign with the New England Patriots I don't know about that uh, to be honest with you because you know if he's all about the money if he's all about the money he was getting more from the Raiders okay i get Taxes over there, a little bit more too. Maybe that had something to play with it. I don't know. It does seem weird. But nonetheless, just in a, in a football sense, Antonio Brown with the Patriots and from what we saw Sunday night, I guess the Steelers with Gordon, got Edelman, it seemed like they are featuring Dorsett uh, who got a couple touchdowns. You got James White who's maybe more of a threat uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. Now you're adding Antonio Brown. And then you look at the Patriots' schedule. I mean come on. It, 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 who's going to beat them? Who's going to beat them? I mean you play you play the Chiefs in December, but that's it. That's a New England. Maybe Baltimore if if they continue to play like they did in week 1, but that was against the Dolphins. Browns? No. come on. I mean if Antonio Brown is playing because uh, obviously we know some of the legal stuff that's going on with him right now. You know, I don't know if he's going to play or not this year or or how long he's going to play, depending on the legal process, depending on what uh, the NFL, uh, with their investigation, what's all going to happen here, whether the Patriots are going to play him. I don't know, but let's assume that he does play for the majority part of the season. On paper, doesn't this offense look better than what it was in 07 with with Moss and Brady? I mean, no wonder why Brady's playing or wants to play until he's 45. If he's got receivers like Gordon, uh, Brown, Edelman, uh, Dorsett, who, who had a couple touchdowns the other night. I mean, good lord. And then the defense looks pretty good this year, or at least uh, on paper it was looking pretty good. And there was a solid performance against the Steelers. And, oh, Bill Belichick's calling the plays on defense this year. So, I mean, this Patriots team, again, look like the best team in the NFL. Best team in the NFL. Now, I know this this whole A-B thing is getting... You know, talked about all across the sports world, all across the sports world, probably to the point where people are just getting tired of Antonio Brown. But you know, with if he's on the field, obviously this team's better. But was this? I mean, the Patriots, and there's even some fans, you know, kind of almost hoping that, hey, Brown, can you go to the go to the Patriots and kind of just take down the Empire over there? Do what you were doing towards the end of your career with the Steelers. Being a disgruntled figure in the locker room? Raiders, all that drama? Can you do that to the Patriots? Maybe kind of take down that empire? I, you, I don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to play out. But we, we we know Bill Belichick isn't afraid to take on personalities. He's pretty confident in that, that he can, uh, he can get them to follow the Patriot way. It's worked in some cases. Corey Dillon, Randy Moss. You know, Aaron Hernandez uh, when he was going through the draft process I mean Urban Meyer was kind of even telling coaches watch out for this guy. Watch out for this guy. I mean there was teams that had him off the draft board. If you read about this in the Belichick biography by Ian O'Connor Belichick, you know, still took him in the fourth round had some question marks surrounding that pick from a lot of people across the league including Urban Meyer Now it looked like it was working out for the first couple seasons at least Hernandez got a Got a nice new deal from the Patriots. But but the rest is history. We know what happened after that. So, I mean, Belichick does have cases where it worked. Some cases it didn't work. Chad is another one that maybe didn't work. Well, although he was getting towards the end of his career as well. So, I mean, it's almost like can you be playing with fire too much at some point? Where you, you get maybe that ego gets too big to so the mindset of, <laughs> I can bring in anybody and make them work. Bring in anybody and make them work. I'm Bill Belichick. I'm the, it's the Patriots. I guess we'll find out. But that's going to be the interesting part in all this. Did the Patriots maybe get a little too full of themselves, saying they can bring in anybody and get them to follow the Patriot way? Or is it actually going to work, and their system is that dang good, that almost everybody could come in? And follow the Patriot way and be a solid football player. Because there's no denying A.B.'s football talent and what he can do with that in that offense, potentially, if he follows the rules, follows the plays. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, this might be one of the more uh, questionable moves that Bill Belichick has made for the New England Patriots. Uh, other things that stood out uh, over after week one, uh, the Browns, the, the media darlings of the whole off season, Super Bowls, Sports Illustrated covers, all the, the free agent movements they made, the trades they made, coming out flat, dud, getting dominated by the Titans, a team that's, they don't know if they have their quarterback in the future with Marcus Mariota. In Cleveland, nonetheless, getting dominated by the Titans. I, I think this honestly might have been the best thing for the Browns because of all the talk surrounding this team, all the talk surrounding this team, all the expectations. You got a you got a first time head coach. You got a, a lot of personalities in that locker room. Odell Beckham Jr. being one of them. You got Juice Landry. You got Baker Mayfield. A lot of personalities on that team. This might have been some nice humble pie from this game. Get him to, to knock, them back, knock them back down to earth, if you will. It'll be curious, it'll be interesting to see how the Browns respond now. You know, going into the season with all this confidence in the world. All this swag in the world. It's like the Browns forgot that they were supposed to be good when they sh- when they played the Titans. So maybe this could have been the best thing that the Browns needed to happen. A little bit of humble pie, getting punched in the mouth by the Titans. But the big thing now with Freddie Kitchens, new head coach, first-year head coach, and a lot of those players on that Browns team, and let's face it, a lot of those players on that Browns team don't know, won games at all. Don't really won in a lot of those games anywhere. How are they going to respond? That's, that's going to be the big thing now. How do you respond from getting punched in the mouth after having all that all, all that hype heading into this year? And all that hope from Browns fans. You get punched in the mouth from a Titans team that eh, people didn't really have a whole lot of expectations for. How do you respond now? And you got punched at home. I think this might be one of the best things, though, actually to happen to the Browns. Kind of get them back down to earth here a little bit. Uh, sticking with the AFC North, the Ravens. Okay. Dominated performance by Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know, for a guy that was just a couple of years ago, where scouts are saying, "Hey, you're going to have to play a wide receiver," throws for a few touchdowns. And we we've been hearing about this, you know, all off season about the potential of this new Ravens offense. You know, Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, is even kind of hinting at it. Hey, watch out, league might not have league might have never seen anything like this before. They go out and just put a whooping on the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson puts a whooping on the Dolphins. So, I mean, is is this Ravens team legit? Or do we look at the Dolphins? Because then the reports afterwards that uh, there was some Dolphins players contacting their agents saying, I want out, get me out of here. I, I don't want to be involved in a team that's obviously tanking and rebuilding for the future for the next couple of years. I don't know if that's true, uh, but uh, I think you have to look at this game both ways. One, Dolphins may be the worst team this year. Two, that was a you know if even if this Ravens team still has some question marks surrounding that offense, that was a big confidence booster for that offense and for Lamar Jackson. If there was any doubt, and I doubt there was any doubt, uh, you know, in Lamar Jackson's mind or that offense's mind, but if there was any little in- inclination where You know, they wanted to go out there and and prove themselves. This was a big confidence game for Lamar Jackson in that that Ravens offense. Because, I mean, you know, Baltimore, whenever we think of the Ravens, especially for the last how many years, it's been about defense. That defense lost some players this free agency. They did bring in Earl Thomas, which was a nice pickup. But, I mean, you, you look at that Ravens defense, all the talk about has been the defense for it seems like the majority of the franchise's beginnings and now you're talking about an interesting dynamic one-of-a-kind offense with Lamar Jackson at quarterback for the Ravens you know doing some preseason picks Brown's getting a lot of attention Steelers maybe getting some attention Ravens a playoff team from last year maybe for a lot of people were uh, just uh, on the outside looking in Ravens coming out and putting up a whooping against the Dolphins. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's it's the Dolphins just being that awful, but at the same time, maybe we overlooked the Ravens offense just a little bit, maybe we overlooked Lamar Jackson just a little bit. But I think this is a big uh, conference game, conference booster in that Ravens offense that, hey, this thing can work. This quarterback Lamar Jackson can work. We can make this thing work. So, We'll see how the Ravens continue for the rest of their regular season. Uh, but you know, Dolphins sticking with them—are they going to go winless this year? Sure, seems like it, right? You know, and here's the thing—you kind of you have to feel bad for Josh Rosen, right? I mean, tenth overall pick uh, by the Cardinals looked like he was going to be the quarterback of the future. They ended up getting the number one pick because they were the worst team. So they go with Kyler Murray. They get a new head coach, a new offensive system in. It looks like Josh Rosen is going to get a new start with the Dolphins. He doesn't even start the regular season. But nonetheless, they're trading away their left tackle. They're trading away some of their players. And maybe they're loading up for to draft a quarterback with the first pick in the upcoming year. I mean, is Josh Rosen going to get a chance anywhere? The best thing for Josh Rosen at, at this point might be to go play backup for an established or for a team that has an established quarterback. Hate to say it. Maybe the Patriots. I mean, you know, Josh Rosen, Dolphins, you'd think they they got to play him at some point to see what they got, right? But same time it's like how how can you evaluate him if he doesn't have anything surrounding him? Kind of similar to the Cardinals last year. Cardinals had an awful offensive line. How oh, is he supposed to do anything behind that? So you kind of feel bad for, for Josh Rosen, but you know what? Dolphins going up against the Patriots this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> Talk about two teams that were getting a lot of attention in the media this week. Dolphins are players wanting out because they don't want to be involved with the taking team. Patriots, AB, all that stuff. It's not going to get any easier for the Dolphins. And can they go winless? Sure. Who, who knows? A little too early to tell after week one, but whoo Dolphins, man. All right, uh, here's. I, I want to take a look at uh, a few games coming up this, this week for week two. I think there's some intriguing matchups. Uh, but before I get to that, actually, I, I want to go back to uh, one more team, the, the Packers defense. Forgot to talk about the Packers defense. lot of excitement, and there was a lot of hype and a lot of excitement, a lot of intrigue surrounding this Packers defense before the season started. They open up the year against Chicago, Thursday Night Football, kicking off the season. They hold the Bears to three points. Zadarius Smith already has ten pressures. One sack, Preston Smith, one and a half sacks. The Packers had five total sacks in that game. Great performance out of the gate from the Packers defense. Great performance. Probably lived up to the expectations and the hype that the Packers that a lot of Packers fans had for this defense. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. It is week one a lot of these teams and whether you like it or not but a lot of these teams in week 1 probably going to look a lot different in in a few weeks not saying that the packers defense is going to you know all of a sudden be bad or anything like that but it's going to be kind of hard to judge teams offenses and defenses just after one game of the regular season it's going to take a couple especially with you know starters not really playing in preseason anymore schemes not being played out in the preseason so while this was a great, great, great start from the Packers' defense and maybe kind of uh, you know, solidified what the Packers had thought with their defense or, a lot, or what a lot of fans thought about their defense, that they're going to be a special unit this year, they're going to be a really good unit this year, let's see it continue to be that way because they're going to have a tough opponent with the Vikings coming up, with uh, Dalvin Cook especially. That outside zone running scheme with Dalvin Cook could potentially be a pretty dang good player for the Vikings this year. But, I mean, you look at the Packers' schedule, uh, Denver after this one, okay. Philly, tough opponent at Dallas with the way that offense looked. That's going to be a tough game for that defense. So, uh, And then later on, you've you're, you got back-to-back road games against the Chiefs and the Chargers at the end of October and the beginning of November. So, uh, nonetheless, great start from the Packers' defense. Great, great, great start. Something we haven't seen from this Packers' defense in a long time. But let's, let's see it continue now. Let's see it continue. Uh, looking at the games coming up for this weekend now, sticking with Green Bay, uh, that Minnesota-Green Bay game. Minnesota throwing the ball for only 10 times against the Atlanta Falcons. You're paying a $30 million quarterback. you got two high-paid receivers, and you're only throwing the ball 10 times. Hey, Mike Zimmer wanted to run the ball. Well, he, he got an offense coordinator to run the ball. It's not This isn't going to be a trend. Kirk Cousins is not going to be throwing for 10, ga- 10 passes every single game just not going to happen but it definitely put i think everybody on notice that hey the vikings want to run the ball they got a new zone outside zone running scheme and Dalvin cook see delvin cook seems to be a pretty dang good fit in that scheme so packers defense is going to have their hands full you know we mike Patton likes to prioritize the pass defense can that defense now stop Dalvin cook in that running game it's gonna be a big game for Zedari Smith and Preston Smith to control to contain those edges to to hold those edges on the outside there. Uh, so I think that's gonna be a great game and you know one of these teams, especially Green Bay, has got a nice chance, a really nice chance to potentially start off the season two and zero in the division, two and zero in the record book, record books, and then two and zero in the division. That'd be a great start for the Packers. Uh, another game we're looking at: Pittsburgh, Seattle. Seattle squeaking by the Bengals, squeaking by the Bengals. Going up against the Steelers team that just got embarrassed on national TV by the Patriots. You have to wonder if they uh, they come out with a little bit more energy, if you will. So Pittsburgh, Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger going up against that uh, uh, Steelers defense, uh, Russell Wilson. Excuse me, Ben Roethlisberger going up against that Seahawks defense, Russell Wilson, Steelers defense. Again, Juju smith uh start to develop more into a number one receiver for for the Steelers now. How about the receivers behind him? So I think that's going to be a good game. You got uh, Indy and Tennessee. Tennessee coming off of a big, big, big win against the Browns. Indy coming off of a loss against the Chargers. That AFC South is it up for grabs this year? I mean, the the Titan, or, excuse me, the Texans lost a heartbreaker uh, against the Saints in Monday Night Football. To me, I think they're still the best team in the AFC South. But you know, what kind of Titans team are we going to get? for this year. Marcus is playing for a new deal. Maybe even for a starting quarterback job this year. Indy. No Andrew Luck, but you were a playoff team last year. A lot of excitement surrounding Jacoby Percet. So this AFC South might be an interesting division to watch. So I'm looking at that Indy, uh, that Colts and Titans game as well. Uh, Denver-Chicago, the Vic Fangio Bowl. Vic Fangio losing his first game as head coach for the Broncos against the Raiders on Monday night. Going up against the, the team that he was a defensive coordinator With uh, previously the Chicago Bears, Bears looking to rebound. Uh, Denver maybe looking to have a better defensive performance. No sacks against Carr. And that has Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on your defense. So I'm looking at that game as well. And then I'm also looking at Eagles-Falcons. Eagles Eagles had to have a nice comeback win against Washington. Uh, Falcons coming out with a clunker of a performance. Just like no energy whatsoever against the Vikings. I mean, it was clear the Vikings were ready to play right at the whistle, and the Falcons weren't. So, Falcons have to get back at it, uh, back on track quickly here. Uh, And they got another tough opponent going up against the Eagles. So, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, looking forward to that game. And then finally, maybe the game of the weekend, you got Saints versus Rams, NFC championship rematch. You know, Rams just squeaking by uh, Carolina. Now, we can't really. I don't think you could take away too much from these week one games because, as I was previously mentioned a little bit there before, um, but, you know, Rams defense, yeah, kind of maybe up there a little bit after just week one. Again, maybe just kind of getting used to some new players and that, but, uh, you know, Saints come from behind victory against the, the Texans at home. As well, so uh, there's still we, there's still a lot of unknowns uh, across this league for a lot of teams, but this Saints and Rams game is clearly one of the best matchups uh, at the beginning part of the season. We know about the drama. Get ready to hear about all about uh, the the non call, the non pass interference call in the NFC Championship game. Uh, so that's going to be played out uh, for the next few days until that game gets going. But this is easily the best game. The weekend, and maybe a preview of another NFC championship matchup, or uh, maybe kind of a first indicator of who's going to be the best team in the NFC. You know, Rams were a popular pick to go to the Super Bowl this year, Saints are a popular pick to go to the Super Bowl this year, so this should be a fun game. Uh, I got to imagine, you know, what energy is probably going to be flowing between these two teams. Saints, because of what happened in the NFC championship game last year, Rams maybe kind of want to, you know, prove that they were the best team, anyways. So, uh, Saints Rams, clearly the best game of the weekend for week two of this nfl season that's it for this edition of the man cave football podcast i am your host dan casper as always now make sure that uh if, if you're not subscribing to the podcast do me a favor and subscribe we're on itunes uh stitcher spotify google wherever podcasts are found subscribe and if you could you know, leave a positive review as well. Uh, but uh, join us next time as we recap week two of the NFL season and look ahead to week three. This is the Man K Football Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Casper.